Welcome to Common Ground Berlin, where we delve into hot-button topics in the German capital and beyond. I'm your host, Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Berlin, for years, has enjoyed being a top startup capital in Europe. Its 501 new startups last year were more than twice the number in Germany's second-largest startup hub, which is Munich. But according to the German Startups Association, the global financial shakeup and supply chain disruptions left Berlin with a whopping 29% drop in startups in 2022. This year, the market more or less is expected to rebound, and supply chain problems are easing. But can and will Berlin's new startup scene make a comeback? Joining us in the studio to talk about this are Lukas Breitenbach, head of corporate communications at Berlin Partner, a government-funded initiative to promote the city as a leading choice for various tech firms, and Aggie Cantrell, a tech reporter for Bloomberg News who covers Berlin's startup scene. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hi. Lukas, let's tackle the big question first. Will Berlin continue to be a, if not the, startup capital in Germany? Sure. Berlin has reinvented itself time and time again, and after decades of destruction, division, and reunification, Berlin has once again become an international business metropolis. So Berlin is basically a comeback city, and after the pandemic, obviously, it became a comeback city again, and pretty strong with, uh, I think, 10 billion uh, euros venture capital in 2021 and around 5 billion in 2022. So it's half of the venture capital in goes into to, to Berlin. And I think it's no doubt that Berlin is a startup metropolis again. Aggie, do you agree with Lucas's optimism? From the stuff that I've covered in the last couple of uh, months, especially, we see that there is a quite a depressed funding environment for startups across the board, not just in Berlin. I think something that is a risk to the German capital going forward is to make sure that it still is competitive in a newer space it is going into. Um, when the startup scene started in Berlin just over a decade ago, there was a lot of uh, presence of companies that were able to take the cheap real estate in the city and be able to find a low cost of living for their young workforces. And now I think as the startup scene matures in Berlin, a crucial part of it still remaining a startup hub is to make sure that they are able to sustainably continue that trend and be able to mature into the sort of professionalized startup hubs that we see in the likes of Silicon Valley in London, where the rents are are, of course, much higher. Well, you mentioned the housing shortage and having written about that. And of course, those struggles were among the reasons why Berlin voters elected a conservative Christian Democratic Party government this time around, in fact, earlier this year. Can or will this new government reduce the shortage? I mean, this is a key component, as you say, to keeping Berlin a startup capital. So I think the problem is, is that this isn't an issue from just one government in the last couple of years. This is something that has been a sustained problem the last 10 or even 15 years. And I think the problem that they're seeing is that as the housing stock has diminished, affordable housing has not been replenished to the same extent and that the new builds that are being built are typically much higher rents. And so this is also something that is impacting the startup scene because while a lot of these companies are offering 
quite high salaries in comparison to the majority of Berliners, the fact is is that in an environment of a squeezed funding environment for a lot of these startups, they also need to be looking at their own books and how to economize. And that means that they can't necessarily be as competitive when it comes to pricing and salaries for their employees. Lucas, you talked a little bit about some of the incentives, financial incentives, but I'm wondering what overall makes Berlin attractive for startups, considering it's not exactly the easiest place administratively. Absolutely. But <laughs> let me first agree with Aggie in, in uh, many terms, but to put it a little bit in perspective, uh, compared to London, compared to Paris, Berlin is in a very comfortable situation, so to speak, in, in terms of housing, in terms of renting prices, in terms of uh, buying prices. So that's, in an international competition, a very good position, and that makes Berlin very attractive. And so we see 40,000 to 50,000 people coming to Berlin, moving to Berlin to work and to live here. And that's a big statement for itself. Yes, uh, to speak administratively, could be better. Could be better, no doubt about it. In terms of digitalization, is definitely uh, space to grow, to improve. But yet, I think we have uh, like 500 administrative acts are digitalized. So it's we're on track. Uh, you wanted to add something, Aggie, to what uh, Lucas was saying? Yes, um, just two things on that that is something that I have noticed in a lot of my conversations with people who work in the startup space in Berlin and also VCs, the venture capitalists who are also investing in this space, is that there is a comparison with London and, and Paris when it comes to, of course, it is cheaper to live here. But also the fact is, is that London and Paris, especially London, has also a role as a huge financial capital. So it's not just the startup scene, which means that actually the startups that are based in London have those relationships with the banks and with the large VCs that are also based in London. And London is almost an investment hub first before it is a startup capital. Um, But I think something else that is worth looking at, and I think this is where the housing part and the Berlin as an ecosystem is so relevant is that these down rounds that we're seeing and this lackluster funding that we're seeing in this space has also been coupled somewhat with a shift during the pandemic to a lot of people doing remote working and that there is a concern as well that potentially it's not really a question of which city people are in anymore. People can do a lot of these jobs from a very mobile environment. And so not necessarily do they need to be anchored to a place where the rents continue to increase or where they feel like their lifestyle that they had five, ten years ago is not matching. And I don't think that this is an issue that just affects Berlin. I think it's something that a lot of cities that have depended on a very mobile tech-savvy workforce could be seeing as a potential risk um, following on from the pandemic. So it's a benefit to be able to remote work or not a benefit? Because it would seem to mean a city like Berlin, which really has a shortage of availability. Lucas mentioned that the prices are lower here. And it's true, the rents are still lower here. You can still purchase apartments for much less than you can in other places in Germany or some other places in Germany, and certainly compared to London or, or Paris. But uh, the problem is availability. There just aren't enough places to rent. I mean, it doesn't matter even if you're middle income or even, I would argue, higher income. It is difficult to find a place to live, let alone, you know, office space to work. 
It could, uh, essentially, I think it could be one or the other or both. But what I meant is more that the factor of remote working means that um, people who are in the Berlin ecosystem could potentially go to cheaper spaces. This isn't just a phenomenon we've seen in Berlin. We've also seen people leave New York, for instance, for cheaper places within the US. And what that does is if you look at Berlin as an ecosystem, the startups also feed into the local economy. The people there also use retail, use services around the city and have a relationship with the city. There is a question mark as to how much of that then continues to flow into the Berlin economy as a whole. Yeah, uh, go ahead, Lucas. Obviously, my job is to promote Berlin. So, <laughs> But to put it in perspective again, we don't just claim that it's a great city to do business or to, to, to found uh, your startup here. Around... 1,300 uh, founders, entrepreneurs surveyed across Europe for the startup heat map say that Berlin is, across Europe, the best place to found your startup in terms of ecosystem dynamics, in terms of industry networking, in terms of developer availability. Two years ago, we uh, surpassed London for the first time, and now we are second in a row, the best place to found. That's, that's okay, at least, to say. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Aggie. I think that there is something that is important to note that a lot of the issues that Berlin is experiencing are not unique to Berlin. This is something that is coupled with higher interest rates that have made it much harder for companies to raise money at the same time as a lot of people have been laid off across the tech sector in the world. This isn't just a Berlin issue. And that also something that may speak in Berlin's favor when you talk to people who've worked in this scene for a long time in the city is that the city now has this network. So I speak to people a lot of the time who are angel investors or venture capitalists who started in the founding teams of companies like Zalando, like N26, like Delivery Hero, these companies that have been in Berlin now for over a decade and were sort of the first generation of startups in the city. So as something that could potentially work in Berlin's favor is that it's not in 2023 trying to become a startup hub. And so we see this isn't just a phenomenon in tech. We see this in economic downturns across the board. There is a tendency for investment to retreat to safety and retreat to what they know. And if you're trying to establish your city as a startup hub in 2023, it might be more challenging than being somewhere that's trying to navigate a rough patch right now while we're seeing a da down rounds across the world. Lucas, if Berlin is becoming less attractive as a startup capital, are there places in Europe or the U.S. that are more attractive? Lisbon comes to mind with its better digital infrastructure and lower costs in housing, for example. During the Brexit process, I was asked time and time again how Berlin would profit from, from a Brexit. And that's a terrible question because nobody wants to profit out of this process or the Brexit itself. And as fun as the sporting competition about the first place or the front runner is, we know that the success of London, of Berlin, of Lisbon is based on collaboration, is based on exchanging uh, talents, exchanging experiences. And yes, Lisbon is definitely one of the places to be in, in, in Europe. We often go to Lisbon to the mobile convention. I know, to the, the web summit? No, the Web Summit and the Smart Mobility. Sure, but it's a family meeting, you know. You, you, it's 
competition about the best talents, about the the venture capital, but in the end, it's all about collaboration. It's all about, yeah. Aggie, what do you think? Besides Berlin, are there areas that are attractive as startup capitals? So um, I think to look at the German ecosystem specifically, I think something that's really interesting that we've noticed in the last several years is that Berlin really sort of began a lot of the startup companies in Europe and a lot of the ones that are now have now IPOs, the ones that have gone on the DAX, a lot of those companies came from Berlin. I find it interesting to see how in Germany a lot of the investment has dispersed. And I think an interesting way of looking at that is potentially that that is something that is quite indicative of German industry as a whole. Germany doesn't have a capital where all of the money flows, where all of the talent flows. Germany is a federal system, of course, but it also has all of these companies that are rooted in towns and cities across the country. And so it's interesting to see as well now that while, yes, Berlin is the capital and still draws especially a lot of young talent to it, you also see a lot of investment, for instance, in Munich, and you see a big presence of big tech in Munich too, which then attracts a lot of startups around it. But then also you see a lot of universities like uh, Aachen is a good example as well, where it may not be the biggest city, but it has a famous technical university that then also draws this talent and draws people to the city. And also, I think an important side of the startup conversation in Germany is that it is also closely tied to its relationship with the big German corporates, that big German corporates look at the startup scene and think, okay, are these the sort of companies that we want to invest in, that potentially in the future we want to acquire? And part of that is because um, a lot of that technical knowledge or um, digital knowledge is sort of in some cases outsourced to those companies and then brought back in. And so I think what we could see in the future as the startup scene in Germany as a whole matures is also a dispersing of that talent and around Germany, just as you see famous companies coming out of Stuttgart and Dusseldorf and everywhere else in the country because that's just the nature of the German economy. Let's Talk about worst case scenario for a second. What happens if Berlin loses its startup capital reputation? Are there other existing businesses or markets or ventures that could sort of take the startup scene's place and keep Berlin, Berlin, basically? <laughs> Lucas, I'll start with you. Well, in terms of um, reputation, it would be a disaster because it's one of the keystones of, of economy in Berlin, but it's Definitely not the only one. I would go further to say it would be a problem for the big corporates because startups are the future windows to see what probably established companies wouldn't dare to, 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 to try or to do or what, what simply doesn't make the board decisions. So it's crucial for the economic success in general, is my opinion. But let's be clear, in, in Berlin and in Munich and, and everywhere else, what Aggie mentioned, startups entrepreneurs are crucial for, for success. Aggie, do you think there are other ventures that could take the startup's place in Berlin? So I think it's difficult to assess it as a, as a what if because the startup scene in Berlin has sort of developed uniquely with Berlin's very unique post 
Cold War history, that essentially it is a industry about innovation and founding things at a time when there was all this empty space in the city and space that could be easily taken up to begin businesses and all these other things. And so I think that it's difficult to say if something could easily be a one-to-one replacement just as it's hard to present sort of a a what if for if there was a shift in the housing market it's the sort of thing that i think is something that has developed as berlin's unique position in germany after the end of the cold war that means that the startup scene was so attracted to a city like berlin but i also think that now even if the startup scene really wasn't there, even if we see the venture capital scene deciding to pull out of the city to say that this isn't really working, that we're not seeing the returns, if that were the case, I think what we've also seen is those big German corporates that have been established also in other parts of the country do also have presences in Berlin. It's not like they don't have a role in Berlin. And often that role in Berlin is tied somewhat to the startup sector. You see innovation hubs and um, development R&D in Berlin because that is also something that is related to the tech sector as well. So if the startup scene fell away, which is obviously something that we're not, seeing really at the moment but if that were to happen that doesn't mean that tech leaves berlin and i think a lot of that tech typically in germany is also related to those german corporates we're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll talk more about the prognosis for the startup industry in berlin stay tuned hi there here's diok pirsch i'm the host of europe talks solidarity Is Gen Z transforming the way solidarity is lived in Europe? How can cities be transformed into inclusive spaces? What can we learn from local initiatives about solidarity? How can international solidarity be done in a responsible and sustainable way? There are just a few questions we will be approaching on Season 2 of Europe Talk Solidarity soon. Join me for all of that and more. Produced by Salto European Solidarity Course Research Center. Till then. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, the host of Common Ground Berlin. And I'm Dina El Sayed, Common Ground Berlin's senior producer. We are bringing you a lot more variety these days in our weekly podcast. If you like deep dive interviews, we've got them. Like with Anna Winger, the American Berlin-based creator of the Netflix hits Unorthodox and Transatlantic. I always say that Berlin happened to me. You know, I wouldn't have chosen it, but it's been such a rich source of creative life for my work, for my imagination. Or if you enjoy long-form storytelling, take a listen to our episode on American football in Germany. We also offer lively talk shows that deepen your knowledge of important issues in Germany and beyond. For me, it was really, really important to have an abortion pills because I already felt like my life is so out of my hands, like there's so many laws and people who feel like they are ruling over me now. So check out new Common Ground Berlin episodes on Mondays wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Common Ground Berlin. 
I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson, and joining me to talk about whether Berlin is losing its reputation as a desirable startup hub is Lukas Breitenbach, head of corporate communications at Berlin Partner, a government-funded initiative to promote the city as a leading choice for various tech firms, and Aggie Cantrill, a tech reporter for Bloomberg News. Before the break, we talked about how Berlin has seen a decline in startups and whether that deficit can be reversed. But let's talk a bit about how Berlin became a startup capital in the first place. Lukas, when did Berlin first become attractive to startups and why? A hundred years ago, when Siemens <laughs> okay. when, when Siemens and REG, to name two, founded in Berlin. And so we're a little used to the feeling of being a startup metropolis. So when we became once again a startup hub like 15 years ago with Zalando and uh, the big names, it accelerated the reputation, but also the city as itself uh, transformed into a young, dynamic, an experimental city, a drug city, a party city, a club city, a city where basically everything is possible. If you can make it here, you can make it everywhere. That's This claim is taken, but... Poor and sexy, our former mayor said uh, Berlin is poor and sexy. That was once upon a time. Now we developed into a, I would say, mature economic city once again. I recently read on a uh, bag in a gift shop at BR Airport, if you can't make it in Berlin, you can't make it anywhere, which I thought was... That's better. (laughs) (laughs) Do you agree with that? I don't I don't know if I agree with that. But I do think that there is an argument as well going to the historical relationship that Berlin has had with startups since the Cold War, that I think a lot of that was about the opportunity to do something in a space where it was easy and convenient and potentially at the time, um, yeah, we're talking about regulation as something that is presented often as a barrier in Germany. But I really don't think we should discount the fact that at that time it was a place where it was also very cheap and easy to establish something. And also that potentially because what I was just saying before the break about the industrial hubs around Germany, that that's something that was there, especially in the west of the country during the Cold War and following on from that, if the capital was going to be revived again and wanted an industry, a lot of those businesses had been established, especially with a a wall going through the country, without that labor that was in Berlin. So when Berlin became part of the Federal Republic again as a whole, what you end up seeing is essentially people who are interested in investing in the capital, but maybe not at that time the amount of people that were coming. And then it's really a question of like, if you build it, people will come. And that that generated economy came a lot from people establishing new businesses for people arriving in the city. And it's also important to note that so many of the startups in Berlin, a lot of their labor has also come from outside Germany as well. And that that is also part of the interplay between the city reviving itself after the Cold War and also the economic revival. The city has almost doubled in its population in that time. 
Since 1997, the Investitionsbank Berlin, which is a state-owned bank, has spent more than 250 million euros in our city. The program subsidizes 50% of the costs of innovative startups, paying for office space, and so on. Are these cash injections still happening, Lucas? And are they keeping pace with the rising costs, since we've talked about inflation and the like? So there's a variety of uh, funding programs of uh, state-wise, city-wise, nationwide, Europe-wise, so I, I don't get them all because there are so much programs you can um, use as, as a founder. It's not easy as everything is not very easy in Germany to go through the process. But let's be clear, since 2016, I think the, the economy grows above the, the German average and that has to do with the people coming here and getting access to the economy, and that's a success story after all. But is this program still investing money in the startups? The Investitionsbank Berlin alone has, I think, four startup programs, so there are a lot of programs. Did you want to add anything to that, Aggie? Not about the investment itself, but about the thing that I think is most interesting about why... You see a lot of um, a lot of investors, banks, a lot of public bodies also engaging with companies that are, of course, for the large part in their infancy. Um, is that there does seem to have been a phenomenon in when we talk about startup hubs and startup ecosystems. The reason people use those sort of phrases is because there is really a sense that if one person is there, if more people are there, if you're establishing a group. That then that can be knowledge that is inherited and goes between the others. And it's something that I found very interesting covering, for instance, the layoffs that have significantly impacted Berlin's labor force, Berlin's tech scene, just as it has in many other startup hubs, that those sort of layoffs and those sort of downturns can send shockwaves through the system. But if those people are established in the city and want to remain in their city, if they are people that have been in that ecosystem for quite a while, then the thing that you sometimes hear also from people who observe this from an investment side is that maybe not right now, but in a year, two years or so, um, you may be seeing people who did lose their jobs who maybe are deciding to strike out on their own. And the crucial part of that for an ecosystem to adapt properly and to not completely be pushed down by a single shockwave like these layoffs um, is to actually manage to foster the people to be able to continue developing in the city beyond those downturns. And so I think that that's something that still remains to be seen, but that will be the big question in the next few years is how much this latest downturn has affected the city's startup scene going forward. Lucas, is there anything that Berlin can learn from its past to improve the atmosphere for startups here now and in the future? Well, I think we learned so much as a society, as an economy, as a city. Um, as I mentioned, Berlin is a comeback city and this comeback spirit, I think, uh, to make it throughout huge, devastating horrifying scenarios in the history, like World War II, like the Cold War, like this division, not only a city, but a whole country, but a whole continent. And to keep the spirit to strive after all these events, I think that's probably a lesson learned from the past. But I think there's much more. 
Yoram Vingard, who founded the data platform Deal Room, told the website Sifted that founders looking to start a business and get investor backing here in Berlin shouldn't be deterred by the problems of last year. He said the reason Berlin remains one of Germany's two strongest cities for startup creation is, quote, success breeds success and startups breed startups. Aggie, do you agree with that statement? Yes, so that is something that you hear quite often. And when I was talking about the layoffs, that's that's an example of that. That's something that has been a narrative in the startup scenes across the world for a long time. This was also a case of, you can see going back to the dot-com bubble, that of course the dot-com bubble now compared to the sort of shockwaves that we've seen in some contexts is still a horrendous like moment for startups in their history, but also precipitated a huge injection again later with a lot of the people who were originally hit by that, then founding a lot of the companies going on in the next couple of years in Silicon Valley. And that's something that this is also something that is quite cyclical to economy as a whole, but especially an economy that is filled with companies still in their infancy. And so honestly, I don't really know if it fits always within every context. But it's definitely something that the people who invest in these companies are quite convinced by that if you have been working at one major startup in a significant role, and then because of a layoff or because of um, a bankruptcy or something that you will go to another place, there does seem to be more confidence from investors that these people have had experience and that they could go into something else, they could found something else in the future. So I think whether or not I know it to be true. I think what makes it true is that the sort of people who are investing in the space see that experience as something to tap into. So potentially the people who are looking to found companies in the next few years in the city, a lot of them may be coming from the tech sector at the moment. Well, my last question to each of you is, what do you think the key changes are that are needed in Berlin to keep it viable for startups? Most important, I think, will be to be attractive to talents because economy is a people's business. And uh, we definitely uh, have to make sure to stay attractive to, to talents. And I think the people coming to Berlin are over average educated, have an over average salary and are above average age in comparison to, to what we have seen before. We have four universities. We have 70 university-like institutions. It's a good ground to see these developments. And I think the people, the talents are most important to the further success of, of, of this city. Aggie, what do you think the key changes are that are needed? So I think the thing that is uh, often not fully recognized, and this isn't just a problem in Berlin, but is more a thing about how there is a perception of the German economy and that uh, the tech scene or the startup scene almost exists in isolation of the rest of the economy to an extent. And I think to understand that, as you say, it is a people's business, the attractiveness of a city and the attraction of people to the city is a crucial part of that. And it's interesting when I, I think, of course, there is the, the housing discussion that if it's so hard to find a house, it's, of course, going to make it more challenging to acquire talent that want to stay in the city if they're living in temporary accommodation 
for an endless period of time once arriving, that is a critical factor. There are also other critical factors that make Berlin still attractive because of the structures that Germany have. If you're coming from the US and you're coming to Germany, there is also the potential of having health insurance and um, and daycare if you're if you're looking at being a mother or a father. And that is uh, also a part of Berlin is also what the German state as a whole can offer is, is a crucial part. And I also think something that is very interesting and is going through the motions of being debated in the Bundestag is this discussion around making it easier for people to migrate to Germany and to properly settle here by diminishing the barriers for getting German citizenship, for potentially allowing for dual nationality. And I think for a city that is quite dependent on attracting people also from abroad to build up that startup scene because it is a youthful industry and it attracts a lot of young people from all over the world, then I think definitely a lot of those things are also about policy factors. It's not just about what sort of injections of cash come into the city. A lot of it is also about managing the economy going forward. And a lot of that is about policies that Berlin has some control of, but also come from the the Bundesregierung. Well, that's our show for today. Aggie Cantrell is a Bloomberg News tech reporter, and Lukas Breitenbach is head of corporate communications at Berlin Partner, a government-funded initiative to promote the city as a leading choice for various tech firms. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Common Ground Berlin. I'm Soraya Sarhadi Nelson. Our senior producer is Dina El Sayed, and our social media editor is Stefano Montali. Common Ground Berlin is funded by a grant administered by the German Ministry for Economic Affairs and Climate Action. And our partners are the German Marshall Fund of the United States and Checkpoint Charlie Foundation. All of our episodes are available wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CG Berlin Podcast. 